be free to live out its miserable span of existence as one of my satellites. And that's how it's going to be.
All right, y'all. We are back. You know what time it is. This is Never Out of Bounce, and this is your man, El Jamal. And this is Friday night, so we're just going to keep it lit, keep it live. Let's get right into it with the world on the street. And you know what, y'all? It's been a hot summer, but not just here in California, but worldwide. Now, recently, I talked to you about the, the wildfires in Greece that are still not necessarily... Uh, contained now we have a heat wave that's going on throughout the uk now the highest temperature in london recorded uh about wednesday was 95 degrees 95 degrees excuse me now this continuous trend this continuous trend temperatures arise well past uh the august 2003 record of 101 degrees now with that being said though there's a risk of flash flooding uh with some upcoming thunderstorms this weekend i think actually starting uh today tonight actually now 99 degrees has been the average all throughout the country so not just england ireland and scotland as well wales of course now the highest overnight temperature was also around 80 degrees now this is also a record as well now it's passed around wednesday night now with this increased heat of course there's been 43 gas grass fires excuse me now, this is only compared to seven in 2017. now with all this going on and what's going on in greece and of course in my own backyard and up north in oregon it's simple uh to me that there has to be something to this uh, global, well, actually, this climate change thing. Uh, don't believe the hype per se. Like, don't necessarily, I wouldn't buy into the term global warming. I think it throws people off uh, because there's a lot more, like I said. Now, one thing I will say is, you know, I'm not too sure about, you know, thunderstorms, at least happening in, in England at this time of year or in the UK. But obviously, uh, Temperatures of 95 and up are very rare. This is not, that's not a place where it happens. So there's a pattern of, you know, a lot of, you know, weather, different weather and weather related instances going on. So, you know, it's a pattern and I, I, I think it needs to be addressed at some point. I'm just going to call it as I see it. Being in denial is not helping us. That's why Greece is burning because people are in denial about things. Just saying, I hate to say it, but I'll be that guy. If it takes, if that's what it takes, I'll be that guy. Now, in other news, in Pakistan, they were able to hit a hold their elections like I reported the other day. And it looks like Imran Khan has become a new prime minister. Now, his uh, party, the Tariq Saf, failed to get the majority of the congressional seats. They got about 105 out of 272 uh, they were going to need about 130, more than about, yeah, over 130 to get a good majority. Now, without, if they, unless they, now, unless they form another coalition with another uh, one of their, maybe possibly, had to be possibly a, a political rival. Now, unless they're able to form some type of other coalition, even though they have a prime minister, they won't even have an official government yet. So that'll be the first thing that they'll have to do still. Now, there's a lot of drama uh, going on uh, going on with this. Now, uh, 31 people were killed yesterday outside of a polling station. Uh, now, and also pretty much all the opponents in this election are unhappy with the results and they're claiming that uh, things are rigged. One of the biggest uh, opponents right now is the former prime minister, Nawaz Sharif, 
who represents the pro-Muslim party in Pakistan. He spoke out against it from it from jail and uh, he's been caught up in a scandal recently himself and he hasn't well he was i guess allowed yeah he was definitely allowed he was allowed to be on the ballot but uh he wasn't necessarily allowed uh, he wasn't allowed outside of prison uh he hasn't been outside allowed outside of prison yet so it's a very uh, unique situation with him anyway so and also uh, another party they went up against uh Imran went up against was the the liberal uh, Pakistani People's Party. Now, this was led by uh, Bilal, uh, Bilal Bhutto Zadari, and this is the son of uh, Benazir Bhutto. Now, she's also a former prime minister of Pakistan as well, and he was also a party chairman before. Uh, well, he's still a party chairman as well. Now, um, much of the parties are, are saying that they're being silenced uh, by the media right now from their complaints. And uh, however, though, there is some evidence or at least there is some issues with uh, finding uh, well, gathering all the results. Now, this is Friday going to Saturday. Uh, things could have changed. But uh, in terms of that situation, but. They were still trying to uh, verify all the votes, tally all the votes, and there were some certain uh, some discrepancies. Excuse me, especially in the state of Punjab, which would have been a uh, which was projected to be a highly pro-Muslim uh, state within Pakistan, and would have went with Nawaz uh, Nawaz Sharif and his uh, backup. So um, that. That's very interesting. It's a little bit to look into. Now, away from the drama, let's get into the actual winner just for a little bit. Now, uh, Imran Khan, like I said the other uh, night, was a former cricket player. He brought the World Cup, the Cricket World Cup, that is, to Pakistan a while back. And he got into uh, uh, politics around 1996. Now, he, this is he defines himself as this, and since this is uh since this is a word that's being put upon a lot of new forms of government and a lot of different political uh, heads in different countries, um, I'll give you a definition of it right now, but. I'm going to do some more research on it just so I get it right. Just like I said, because it's so it's being it's being used a lot and it's being put out there a lot. But it's uh, he's defined himself as a populist. Now, my original definition of this uh, was, you know, uh, someone who was for the regular people, you know, the common people, uh, no bureaucrats, so on and so forth. You know, for the people, I I would I would guess go on and say by the people. So that's interesting there. But one thing uh, that would have to be addressed was that there is some issues with him concerning uh, some Islamic street extremism. Uh, one of the provinces that he rep uh, provinces that he politically represents uh, was recently uh, was recently you know, found out, it was recently found out about them that they were giving the Taliban's uh, payments. Uh, so, and that's, and if you all, you guys, you know, don't, aren't aware or don't remember the Taliban was a major terrorist uh, group back in the early 2000s, uh, headed by, uh, I believe, I want to say Osama bin Laden, maybe he was Al-Qaeda, one of the two, but definitely big, bad, you know, 
quote unquote terrorist guys. I think some of them are CIA operatives, so it's all a big silly game that they're playing with each other. But hey, that's me. Now, regardless, you know, beyond, you know, all the, you know, who's elected beyond the drama, that drama, at least the new prime minister of Pakistan and whatever government that they are able to form will have to deal with a country that's currency, which is the rupee is down 20 percent. And they're also dealing with inflation. But who is we're dealing with it as well. They're also facing a massive trade deficit, and one of their major industries, uh, the textile industry, is is taking a downturn. Uh, this is basically being caused by outside competition, mostly from China. Now, it also may need its second bailout since 2013. Now, with that being said, though, this is the second time they have been able to have a uh, a full uh, actually, a prime minister serve a full term and have another democratic election. Usually in this country, it's usually run uh, fundamentally. Uh, it would be a mili- militarily fundamental situation. And usually you would see, you know, it would be a military, it'd be basically military. And that's really what they would be pushing. And it wouldn't be, you know, like I said, strictly no demo, no real democracy is pretty much I want to say here. So I believe this isn't taking a step. Who knows what comes from this? Hopefully they get, you know, the, the right man and they go over and they're, and they're fair about it. Hopefully they get the right man you know, for the job. And Imran Khan, you know, really has won the vote. That's my biggest hope. All right, y'all. We're going to take a quick break and we get back. We got some sport news. Nothing too much. I really wanted to get into the uh, conference previews for college football. So we're going to go uh, go quickly through some Team USA stuff. And then we also got some MLB trades. So we'll be right back. And we're going to, uh, like I said, we're going to definitely get to those uh, conference previews tonight. So we'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we are back and we got some NBA news here. So Team USA has finished up its their little mini camp in Las Vegas. Now this is for of course the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Now, uh, it would have been this year, but they decided uh, they don't want to conflict with the world, the actual soccer World Cup. So uh, they just decided, you know, to make it next year. Now, 35 players got the invite this year and uh, Greg Popovich will be the head coach. Now, some other notable assistant coaches will be Mike Brown from Golden State Warriors. Jed, uh, Jay Wright, excuse me, a head coach of the Villanova Wildcats. Uh, and also you got Mark Few from the U- assistant coach from the Utah Jazz. Now, a few players, few of the more notable players, we got Bradley B- Bill from the Washington Wizards. You got Jimmy Butler, you know, uh, Minnesota. You know, not too happy there right now, but for now, he's in Minnesota. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, brand new warrior. Uh, Draymond Green, of course. And then we got uh, Kevin Durant. We also got a who's who on there, uh, Steph Curry, of course, DeMar DeRozan, so on and so forth. Uh, also, uh, Russell Westbrook. Now, like I also said, um, uh, Kawhi Leonard will not be participating this year. I think it has, 
a little bit to do with Greg Popovich be, uh, being the head coach. You know, that's just me, though. All right, now, we off to the MLB. And uh, first order of news here, J.A. Happ uh, was traded to the uh, New York Yankees yesterday. This year, uh, he's pretty solid with a 10-6 record. Uh, his ERA is a little high, though. Uh, uh, 4.18 and then 114 innings. Uh, however, uh, he's seven and four in his career uh, with two with a 2.88 ERA versus the Red Sox, and this is going to be important because the Red Sox are going to have to play the Reds. Uh, I'm sorry, the Red Sox are going to have to play the Yankees ten more times, um, and they will. Pl- they're pretty much neck and neck in the AL East right now. I talked about it, I, th- I think, sometime last week. Uh, so it's going to be indicative that he plays well. Uh, I believe he's already had two starts against him so far, and he hasn't even allowed this. Yeah, he's already had st- uh, two starts against the uh, Red Sox this year, and he's looking at a point eighty two ERA. So he's looking pretty solid. I don't know, you know, what that all means when it comes down to, you know, the future games, but as of right now, he's looking pretty solid. Uh, also, a third baseman, Mike Mastausis, was traded from the Royals today. He's now going to be on the, uh, the Brewers, who are trying to get to their first playoffs since 2011. So it's a long time coming for them. So far this year, he's at a 249 uh, average, 20 home runs, and he also has 62 RBIs. So, you know, they oh, and they traded him for. Uh, Brett Phillips, outfielder Brett Phillips and Jorge Lopez. So it definitely looked like the Brewers are trying, trying to make a push. I'm not mad at them. You know, they're in a position to win. Uh, I say do it if you can. Why not? Uh, finally, in baseball news, we got some. Uh, we got Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels was traded to the uh, the Cubs yesterday for a minor league player uh, by the name of uh, Roley Lacy. Another player and some more cash towards uh, towards uh, Hamels' uh, deal. It's going to be worth twenty eight. Uh, 0.7 I think this year now he's currently at a 4.72 ERA and he's allowed the second most home runs in the league this year so that's not really good but he's an effective pitcher on the road so he's uh two he has a 2.93 ERA and 10 road starts and I think that's what the clubs are are looking to do they're looking to try to close these games out on the road I have no problem with that overall he's he's aged a little bit and I don't think he has uh he has the same skills that he used to have but he definitely could get the job done I guess on the road this year so that's what they're looking for they're looking for somebody who can help them out on the road all right let's go to these scores real quick uh just to wrap this up give me one second all right, so the Mariners lost to the Angels today, three to four. Now this makes things a lot more interesting in terms of the wild card uh, for the AL. That second spot is still open. Again, that you know the Yankees, you know, they could give up their first place spot. It's just a little bit crazy going on right now. But the A's also didn't do themselves any favors today. They also lost one three to the Rockies. 
you also got the Arizona uh sorry, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh they go out on top against the Padres six two. Uh the Brewers beat the Giants today three to one. The Rays lost to the Orioles uh five to fifteen. The uh Mets beat uh Mets lose to the Pirates today, excuse me, four to five. The Nash uh, the Nationals beat the Marlins nine to one. Oh, and speaking of the Nationals, the Dodgers are very interested in uh, Bryce Harper. They've already made a couple calls, so we'll get to that a little bit later. The Phillies, uh, they beat. Oh, I'm sorry, they lose to the Reds today, four to six. The Red Sox beat the Twins today, four to three. The Indians beat the Tigers, eight to three. The Dodgers beat the Braves, four to one. The Blue Jays beat the uh, Chicago White Sox, ten to five. The Rangers. Somehow beat up on the Astros, excuse me, 11 to 2. And the Cards beat the Cubs 5 to 2. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last quick break. And uh, we'll be right back. We're going to finish this off with uh, with some college football. We're going to do these, uh, these conference previews. So we'll be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. So we are back. And we got some NBA news here. So Team USA has finished up its their little mini camp in Las Vegas. Now this is for of course the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Now uh it would have been this year but they decided uh, they don't want to conflict with the world the actual soccer world cup. So uh, they just decided, you know, to make it next year. Now 35 players got the invite this year and uh Greg Popovich will be the head coach. Now some other notable assistant coaches will be Mike Brown from Golden State Warriors, Jed, uh, Jay Wright, excuse me, a head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, uh, and also you got Mark Few from the U- assistant coach from the Utah Jazz. Now a few players, few of the more notable players, we got Bradley B- Bill from the Washington Wizards. You got Jimmy Butler, you know uh, Minnesota. You know not too happy there right now, but for now he's in Minnesota. Uh, Demarcus Cousins. Brand new warrior, uh, Draymond Green, of course, and then we got uh, Kevin Durant. We also got a who's who on there, uh, Steph Curry, of course, DeMar DeRozan, so on and so forth. Uh, also, uh, Russell Westbrook. Now, like I also said, um, uh, Kawhi Leonard will not be participating this year. I think it has a little bit to do with Greg Popovich be, uh, being the head coach. You know, that's just me, though. All right, now we off to the MLB and uh, first order of news here. J.A. Happ uh, was traded to the uh, New York Yankees yesterday. This year, uh, he's pretty solid with a 10 and 6 record. Uh, his ERA is a little high, though, uh, f- uh, 4.18 in 114 innings. Uh, however, uh, he's 7 and 4 in his career. Uh, with two with a 2.88 ERA versus the Red Sox, and this is going to be important because the Red Sox are going to have to play the Reds. Uh, I'm sorry, the Red Sox are going to have to play the Yankees ten more times, uh, and they will. Pl- they're pretty much neck and neck in the AL East right now. I talked about it. I, th- I think sometime last week. Uh, so it's going to be indicative that he plays well. Uh, I believe he's already had two starts against him so far, and he hasn't even allowed this. Yeah, he's already had st- uh, two starts against the uh, Red Sox this year, and he's looking at a point eighty two ERA. So he's looking pretty solid. I don't know, you know, what that all means when it comes down to, you know, 
the future games, but as of right now, he's looking pretty solid. Uh, also, third baseman Mike Mastausis was traded from the Royals today. He's now going to be on the, uh, the Brewers, who are trying to get to their first playoff since 2011. So it's a long time coming for them. So far this year, he's at a 249 uh, average, 20 home runs, and he also has 62 RBIs. So you know they oh, and they traded him for. Uh, Brett Phillips, outfielder Brett Phillips and Jorge Lopez. So it definitely looked like the Brewers are trying, trying to make a push. I'm not mad at them. You know, they're in a position to win. Uh, I say do it if you can. Why not? Uh, finally, in baseball news, we got some. Uh, we got Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels was traded to the uh, the Cubs yesterday for a minor league player uh, by the name of uh, Roly Lacy. Another player and some more cash towards uh, towards uh, Hamels' uh, deal. It's going to be worth twenty eight. Uh, 0.7 I think this year now he's currently at a 4.72 ERA and he's allowed the second most home runs in the league this year so that's not really good but he's an effective pitcher on the road so he's a two he has a 2.93 ERA and 10 road starts and I think that's what the clubs are are looking to do they're looking to try to close these games out on the road I have no problem with that overall he's he's aged a little bit and I don't think he has uh he has the same skills that he used to have but he definitely could get the job done I guess on the road this year so that's what they're looking for they're looking for somebody who can help them out on the road all right let's go through these scores real quick uh just to wrap this up give me one second all right, so the Mariners lost to the Angels today, a three to four. Now this makes things a lot more interesting in terms of the wild card uh, for the AL. That second spot is still open. Again, that you know the Yankees, you know, they could give up their first place spot. It's just a little bit crazy going on right now. But the A's also didn't do themselves any favors today. They also lost one three to the Rockies. Uh, you also got the Arizona coming. Uh, sorry, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they go out on top against the Padres six two. Uh, the Brewers beat the Giants today three to one. The Rays lost to the Orioles uh, five to fifteen. The uh, Mets beat the uh, Mets lose to the Pirates today. Excuse me, four to five. The Nash uh, the Nationals beat the Marlins nine to one. Oh, and speaking of the Nationals. The Dodgers are very interested in Bryce Harper. They've already made a couple calls, so we'll get to that a little bit later. The Phillies, uh, they beat. Oh, I'm sorry, they lose to the Reds today, four to six. The Red Sox beat the Twins today, four to three. The Indians beat the Tigers, eight to three. The Dodgers beat the Braves, four to one. The Blue Jays beat the uh, Chicago White Sox, ten to five. The Rangers somehow beat up on the Astros, excuse me, eleven to two. And the cards beat the Cubs five to two. All right, y'all. We're gonna take one last quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. We're gonna finish this off with uh with some college football. We're gonna do these uh these conference previews. So we'll be right back, y'all. All right. QB. Two seat 
in Crooks and Castle on his back, made backer. Exotic lady, eye catcher, holla at ya. Call me the chiropractor, working like Muay Thai class, get press fire out ya. And of course, I've been the boss's back when rockin' D-Boy, feel I belong in a 190 black Benz. Now they shut down the stores that I'm shopping. Used to be train robbing, face covered in stocking. I'm down. Chain gleaming, switching lanes, two seating, hate him, I love him for the same reason. Can't leave it, the game needs him. Plus, the people need someone to believe in. So, in God, some we trust, cause they know I'ma give them what they want. They're looking for a hero. I guess that makes me a hero. Rubber grip holder, reloader, come at me, I'ma rip your soldiers in half. Silverback ape, nickel plated mag, young, rich, and flashy. Young bitch, I'm nasty on black clothes till ice lay on me so classy. And every time I close my lids, I can still see the barrel, I can still see the bridge, can still see the dreams that my niggas ain't never lived to see. Tell them angels open the door for me. From nine Berettas and moving raw, the chilling and wine selling sticks and humidors. That's what I call mature, that's what I call a G, that's what I call a pimp, that's what I call a gangster to the fullest shit. I'm trying to make more cream by every September 14th That's my dream so I can be more clean As I grow yearly, I can see things more clearly That's why they fear me Chain gleaming, switching lanes, two seating Hate them, I love them for the same reason Can't leave it, the game needs them Plus the people need someone to believe in So in God, some we trust Cause they know I'ma give them what they want They're looking for a Charts is winning, forgetting. Now's the only true rebel since the beginning. Still in musical prison and jail for the flow. Try telling Bob Dylan, Bruce, or Billy Joe they can't sing what's in their soul. So entitled it is, I never changed nothing. But people remember this if Nas can't say it. Think about these talented kids with new ideas being told. But they can and can't spit, I can't sit and watch it. So shit, I'ma drop it, like it or not. You ain't got a cop it, I'm a hustler in the studio. Cups of Don Julio, no matter what the CD call. I'm unbeatable, y'all. Let's go. Alright y'all, so we're back and we're going to finish it off tonight. I was going to have a conference preview for, uh, for you guys and uh, what I came to realize is a lot of these smaller conferences in the grand scheme of things just because this is how college football is, a lot of the more smaller conferences, they're not going to get a whole lot of love in terms of big time rankings 
in the postseason play and all that. And a lot of in a lot of cases, they're not even going to get looked at when it comes to real playoff, the real playoff. So what we're going to do in some on some of these nights is combine some of these conferences together and go from there. But tonight, I'll talk about one of the smaller ones, but only because uh, the American Conference tonight, because one of them finished, one of these teams in this conference finished undefeated, and a few of them finished in the top 25 nationwide. So I wanted to talk about them for a little bit, give them some personal time. So uh, the American Conference is divided into two conferences, the uh, West and the East. So we'll just go down the rankings real quick. in terms of the Western Division, Memphis finished seven and one in conference play, ten and three overall. Memphis finished five and three, seven and five overall at number two. They finished at number two. Uh, Navy they came in uh, in third, four and four, seven and six. Then you got SMU. They finished four and four as well, seven and six as well. And then you got Tulane finishing at three and five, five and seven overall. And then at the bottom you got Tulsa coming in at one and seven, two and ten overall. Now as far as the East goes, uh, you got UCF. They finished the season number. Uh, I'm sorry. At number 16 and undefeated. Oh, and uh, not to mention, I uh, forgot to mention about Memphis. They finished number 25 in the nation. So, uh, but right back to Central Florida, uh, UCF, uh, University of Central Florida, they finished undefeated. 8-0 conference play, 13-0 overall. Then you got the University of Southern Florida uh, finishing at second in the conference, 6-2 in co- uh, conference play, 10-2 overall. Temple comes in at t- uh, third, 4-4 four four conference play, 7-6 overall. Then you got Cincinnati and UConn bringing up the rear, both at 2-6 in conference play and 3-9 overall. Now, in terms of postseason play, uh, the ball season, the American Conference didn't do that bad. Uh, they finished four and three overall. Uh, it started off with a uh, couple of those wins. You got a uh, U. Uh, sorry, Southern Florida beating Texas Tech thirty-eight to thirty-four. Uh, Navy uh, they were able to beat Virginia in the military ball forty-nine to seven. And as you can see, both of these teams. Well, we'll just talk about the third one too. Uh, Auburn uh, lost to uh, Central Florida thirty-four to twenty-seven. Now, one thing you do see here is. Uh, these teams are pretty much on the level of these teams, and they're in these big conferences. Uh, U- uh, USF, of course, was having a was having one of their better seasons. Texas Tech wasn't really having a great season, but again, if you look at them overall, uh, more than likely they'll be on par with each other more often than not. Navy. Um, Virginia, same thing. I believe Virginia and Navy had about the same overall record. And uh, Virginia plays in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. And the ACC is a is a pretty legit conference. It's, it's a Power Five conference. Uh, more than likely, a winner of that conference, if they're undefeated, would be uh, in the uh, the playoff picture, the college football picture, uh, definitely on the national scene. And uh, in terms of uh, the Central Florida's win, now Central Florida came in the game. Uh, came into that game undefeated. Now Auburn had, I believe, one loss, uh, not was to Georgia in the conference t- uh, championship game, but they had beaten Alabama. And uh, at that point, one a one loss Auburn team uh, on many people's radars would have beaten uh, undefeated uh, Central Florida team nine times out of ten. But you know, when it came down to it, when it really counted in the last quarter, UCF 
was able to pull it off. So uh, they played pretty well uh, last year as a conference. I think they turned a lot of heads. Um, we will talk a little bit about recruiting. Now, this is a smaller conference, like I said before. So on a national stage, you won't see them, uh, a lot of these teams ranked that high. But uh, what we wanted to highlight, I wanted to highlight two teams. And one team that I wanted to highlight was the defending conference champions and the Peach Ball champions, who just beat Auburn uh, a few months ago, uh, Central Florida. Now, seven, uh, sorry, UCF finished 70 as number 70 in the country and four in the conference, uh, despite, like I said, winning last year. I thought they would have uh, would have done a little bit better, not necessarily on the national scene, but but. In the conference, I figure they've had some relatively uh, recent success in the last few years. I figure that'd be one of the, the top recruiting towns of recruiting campuses in terms of that conference. But this year it wasn't. But they were able to get seven three-star recruits, including outside linebacker Eric Gilliard from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, offensive tackle Josh McMullen for Decatur, Mississippi, and they also got Jermaine uh, McMillan, uh, safety out of uh, Miami, Florida. Now, uh, another team that I wanted to highlight was Cincinnati as well. Now, Cincinnati finished near the bottom uh, of the rankings last year. I told you, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, two, yes, two and six overall in conference play. That is, but they finished overall, uh, at least in terms of conference recruiting, uh, they finished number forty in national and uh, in terms of the national stage so they did pretty well uh this year they had one they had a one four-star recruit uh, uh leonard taylor a tight end from springfield ohio and they also signed nine other three-star recruits uh including ben bryant from lagrange illinois quarterback uh, you also got a cornerback, Arquan Bush from Euclid, Ohio, and then you also they also added a, a defensive end, Malik Van from Fairfield, Ohio. Now, one thing I will say about Cincinnati is that they did a, a good job. They, they did a good job recruiting within their own state. Now, of course, Ohio State is probably going to get a majority of the four-star recruits, so on and so forth. They did, they did a good job getting good athletes within their own state. Um, it might not show up this year, but it'll definitely show up uh, within a couple of years or so. So that leads me to my favorite, who I think would win this conference. Um, and despite where they finished in terms of recruiting this year, uh, at least for this this upcoming season, I'm going to have to side with Central Florida. Uh, their coaching staff, in my opinion, is is one of the best at least in that conference, their head coach is Scott Frost. And if you never heard of him, he was the offensive coordinator at Oregon uh, during the Mark Helfrich years. Also, some of the uh, Chip Kelly years. I believe he was the offensive coordinator. I want to say he was one. Well, definitely, uh, if not the offensive coordinator, when we went to the national championship, definitely a quarterback's coach then. And then he was uh, a uh, Office coordinator Mark Halfrich's last couple of years. So the uh, initial year we uh, the initial the initial year of the college football playoff we blew out uh, Florida State in the Rose Bowl. He was our offensive coordinator then. So he's been he's been there for a while, uh, at least in terms of you know developing offenses. So I definitely trust their offense going into next year. I think they'll be able to put up a lot more points uh, than than a lot of other people. What I will say is. Uh, one key conference matchup that I will give them is against Southern Florida. Uh, Southern Florida, like I said, uh, finished with two 
conference losses last year. One of them, of course, came to Central Florida. They could possibly avenge that. They're bringing in one of the top recruiting classes in that conference. They can definitely turn heads immediately, and if not immediately this year, within the next year or so. Uh, Cincinnati as well. But again, with Cincinnati, uh, I would have to go into them specifically to see if they had any injuries that held them back last year as well. But it looks to me like they, you know, even with the recruiting class, I like UCF. I definitely like USF. Um, in terms of the West, though, if I could pick out a winner, I would definitely, I would want to side with Memphis again. Again, um, the West, in my opinion, is a, a more winnable conference. Um, I think Houston has a potential to slip up. Uh, Navy is not necessarily somebody who's going to uh, constantly beat you or be a threat to beat you every year. Same thing with Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, I think Memphis can possibly go undefeated in their division leading to another matchup with uh Central Florida, uh, if not, then maybe maybe Southern Florida, if they if Southern Florida is able to get their act together. In terms of a dark horse, if uh, I think one team, one team I might say would would be uh, probably Southern Florida again. Like I said, two losses last year in conference play, they might be able to to remedy that with one of the best conference uh, 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 recruiting classes. Um, like again, a sleeper, possibly, possibly Houston, um, maybe in the cut. Uh, they definitely have some offensive firepower. Possibly even Navy. I always give them the benefit of the doubt because they play well together. They play the same style of offense, and they're true to who they are. And their head coaching staff is pretty consistent, so they could also be a sleeper as well. Um, outside of that, though. I will go with UCF. My money's on UCF. UCF might even run the table again. And, uh, you know, that would be interesting to see again, to see to see if they're able to, you know, turn college football on their heads again. That would be interesting. Uh, all right. All right. Now, y'all, we're going to wrap it up for tonight and we will be back tomorrow. And I've decided to make Saturday an official part of the fold. Now, I probably won't record every Saturday, but I will definitely do it when there's a boxing event, uh, a primetime boxing event. Tomorrow, you'll have the uh, lightweight uh, unification, championship unification between two undefeated fighters, Mikey Garcia and Robert Easter. We will be covering that. And we also might try to put a, a review with it as well. And just in general, when we cover these major boxing events or whatever uh, news that might come up, we might go over that. Uh, any any um, roster changes in terms of the MLB, we might even cover that as well. So, or any sport that is, or any just news that's pertinent to the situation. It could have just been something that happened, but we'll definitely get uh, definitely be covering these boxing events on these, uh, and that's pretty much when they happen is Saturday night. So that's why I really I was. Definitely thinking about adding Saturday to the fold. So uh, we will be back tomorrow night, guys. So y'all stay tuned. Much love. Good night.